Hi guys, my name is Girish Belly, the host for Back to Basics. Today we are talking to a person that I admire and I've followed her work for the last couple of weeks, maybe more than that, I'm not really sure, but uh, she's an awesome lady, an awesome woman, an awesome person to get in touch with and chat with her. Uh, we have spoken to her many times and regarding my diversity, there's a huge big topic about diversity and we have talked about that with my other guest also back in the days. So I hope that today will be another day that I'll give you a good, inspiring story regarding biodiversity. So Rita, how are you? And thank you for coming back to it's Basics. It's a pleasure, Girish. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get to the basics of diversity and what you do and who are you and why are you, what does Back to Basic mean to you? Back to Basics is literally the formation of who you are, why you do what you do. It's really the essence of life. Yeah. Um, so I actually love the meaning and the essence behind the show and the name as well. Simplicity yeah. at its best. <laughs> I, I try my best to make it best. Thank you so much for that, Rita. So, so what does it mean? By, okay, first of all, who are you? What are you? What do you do? And, and, and let's talk as to why we're talking about this topic today. So, yeah. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Rita, born and bred Londoner with Assamese heritage. And I moved to New York after I got married. Um, and I've really been in the diversity space since um, really forever, really, but more in a professional sense for the last, I would say 21 years when I started my professional career in finance. Um, I was um, on the trading floor and um, I was one of very few women there at the time and one of very few women of color. So that's really how I got into the space before it was even a known term, before it became a cool phrase and what everyone aspired to have diversity groups. It was something more that I thought, okay, well, these are different sort of groups of people forming. Um, where are the other women? Where are the other people of color? Why are, and I'm going to exaggerate just to show you the example here, why are there only Indian people, people of Indian origin on the tech team and not spread around in different parts of the firm? Things like that. So that's really how I got into it, Girish. Um, and then in the States, really, my journey of motherhood started when I have, I have my two children now, they're six and eight. But I realized that actually out of all of the jobs I've ever done, whether it was finance, or transition into business development in the healthcare industry, motherhood was the most challenging job of all time. Not only are you working 24 seven, you can never take a day off. You are always on call and you learn so many skills. My communications was really whacked up to the highest of the high as a mother. You know, I thought I was pretty good. You know, I could string together a presentation or speak on the stage in front of people, sure. but communications I learned later on after becoming a mother meant listening and empathy being a really powerful part of that. And with negotiations as well, I tell people this joke all the time that if you can negotiate with a toddler or an adolescent, mm. take that conviction to your next interview or boardroom presentation. And these are sort of the sort of skills that you really, really learn in this amazing journey. So that's why I started off UMA, really as a confidence platform, an empowerment platform for women, women and other minority groups to really, really increase their leadership and resilient skills in the workforce as they look to get into the workforce or progress to that next level for themselves. Yeah, thank you so much. Because, you know, the thing is that we've been we've been struggling with, um, I guess the word, I, I don't want to use this word, but I have to use it because then, then I have to explain this whole story. It, the, the racism has been there for years, right? So is this a new reboot of a word called diversity or... <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I think diversity has always been a phrase that just meant lots of different populations coming together. Yeah. Diversity is life, diversity is color, it's flavor, it's everything. Mm -hmm. Race is very separate. I think that is part of diversity, but just a small fragment of it. You yeah. know, I mean, I grew up in the UK in a very lily white neighborhood. My dad's yeah. a doctor, he settled 
there back in the 60s and brought my mum across after she got married. And I was like the sore thumb, you know, at school, Monday to Friday, I was the only brown person there. And then two years later, my brother came along and then he was the second brown person in the school. So there's two of us. Um, but then the funny thing is, Girish, that at the weekends, my mum uh, and my dad, they took me to classical Indian dancing dance lessons. Um, and I, I sort of taught Bharatanatyam. And then all of a sudden, I was now the fairest person in the room because everybody else was of Dravidian origin. So they were like slightly darker skin tone. And then nobody would talk to me and I wasn't invited to birthday parties. Right. So for me, it's not just a white, brown, black, yellow, orange thing, race. It's within cultures. It's with, within countries as well. And I think too many people pigeonhole people and think, okay, well, if you're of Indian heritage, you must all be together. No, there is certain differences that exist. There's casteism, there's culturalism, there's societal, environmental, socioeconomic. There's so many different parts to it that people sometimes confuse and call it racism. Yeah. Thank you for that. So basically, we're saying that it's not about color also, because diversity could be age also, right? Uh, age, gender, issues. beliefs, identity. Yeah. So racism is more of a color thing, and diversity is more of pretty much everything. So, yeah. so, so the world that we live in, do you think that we're living in, in a demographic uh, world or a value graphic world? It depends. It really depends. So in the West, for example, it's more meritocracy based. Right. So supposedly it's more meritocracy based. So, you know, you do good at your job, your hard work, your whatever, you can progress and potentially technically sky can be limited. On the East, it's more seniority based. So where it's like, you know, the whole concept of respecting your elders. Well, if you happen to be older, you get respected more. Maybe you're a high promotion or higher rank in the workforce. It doesn't matter if you're not doing the work or don't even know it so well. So I think because of that and the world is still divided and people forget that. So when you have multinational companies, a lot of my clients, and they go and they're trying to start up shop or give a presentation in India, for example, they don't realize they have to cater and gear their offerings and their services very differently because of the fact it's not always a meritocracy-based society. Yeah. So is, is diversity like a, a fad or is this going to be going on for a long time? It always has gone on. It's just a word that's become fashionable now. But it's yeah. always gone on. You know, when I started back in the early 2000s at work, it was very much there. It just wasn't called that. Right. It was called you something know? else. I yeah, remember. it was just citizenship or culturalism, whatever it was. But it was just, it's the same thing. It's about getting people together and knowing that actually, if you do have different val views and values and people in the same room, they can share different ideas. And that's actually how you grow as an organization. Hmm. But this diversity, don't you think it, it, a lot of people, they say that, the word diversity or, or the companies or 500 fortune companies, they're dividing people. So do you think that it's going to be making it worse or are we dividing people to make it better? Does that make so, sense? Um, yeah, so a lot of the time I get called in um, because I'm a diversity strategist for companies and fortune 500 companies are my client base is because I have to fix what other diversity experts have done. So because it's more of a fad now, as you've called it, when people come in to try and make the organization more diverse, what they've ended up doing is actually achieved segregating people and actually forcing people to think very differently and see differences where they didn't see them before. Mm -hmm. So the way it's done today by, unfortunately, some of my colleagues out there, I don't agree with at all. Um, and I think it's actually creating a divide to the way you described it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad that, you know, with these type of words, we're trying to bring people together, but then we're actually breaking people apart also at yes. the same time. And 
Um, I don't know how to fix that problem. I don't think we're the people to do that. I think you're the person or one of you type people will help out in some way to bring everyone together uh, as one unite uh, family. That's how I look at it. Uh, so for that. So when we fill out uh, application forms to jobs, right? There's an option always says the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's called EEO, which is the equal uh, employment opportunity. Do you agree with that or do you disagree with that? Because the way a lot of people they say is, let's say if I say male and I say Asian and I say so-and-so, right? Does that mean that my resume gets to the top of the list or does it get <laughs> pushed down to the other side of the list? How does yeah, that- Yeah, it's a great, great question. And technically none of us ever know what is done with that information because it says also the fine print that that information is optional. And it shouldn't, you know, it's still an equal employment opportunity employer that's hiring you up and they shouldn't use that against you. But to your point, a lot of companies are trying to fulfill quotas nowadays to have a certain percentage of a certain background or ethnicity in their company. So it really is hard to tell because technically you're not supposed to discriminate or pick one race above the other. It's illegal to do so. So we really don't know. Technically, they're meant to use this as demographics to say, yes, we're hiring people from all over. What it's supposed to do, this is what's supposed to happen, is to show that you're interviewing people, you're opening the gates to really look for talent that fulfill in all of these groups out there in society. And yeah. ultimately, you interview all of these groups in society, but the interviewers have to be from these different groups in society too. And then an actual decision gets made on merit and actually if you think the person can do the job. So then if that's the case, then how do we break that stereotype? Because the stereotype is that all tech supports are from outsource uh, India, right? It's not always, but I mean, that's the a time. So, yeah, so when, right? for example, that's the other thing, you know, there's a big push right now in the Western world for getting more girls and women in STEM. Exactly. My exactly. argument with that is just go to the East. You have all your women in STEM. Yeah. So again, it's the cultural divide. It's the East not speaking to the West and yet they're trying to be diverse. I said, rather than going against the grain, Go, go and look in the rest of the world. You're going to open up your gates and suddenly the talent pool is already out there. So how, how does it feel? Thank you for that, by the way, Rita. So how, how does it feel that, let's say, let me give you an example. You have all these um, management people. Uh, you have a five-team management people, okay? And all of them are boys or men, right? And then out of those five, one is a girl. One is a lady. So does that mean that the their other men decisions will be overrided with the female is that do you think you that's the it's... case now or is it a voice actually counts yeah so i'll, I'll tell you, it really depends on the organization right so on the organization culture which generally comes from above um but also the grassroots who forms the organization so yes for example with me i was on the trading floor and in my team i was the only woman on the team but I didn't ever feel that, oh, I'm the only woman, therefore I feel differently. From my perspective, I've got to learn how to do the job. I've got to observe what are the skills needed to do it. And I didn't ever want to feel I was there. It's putting in a slog like everybody else. That's what I wanted to know. Ultimately, yeah. it's getting the job done. You know, I wouldn't ever want to feel, and I don't, because they're a minority hire. So therefore, you don't want somebody to at least look like they're giving you special services and things. Why? You're just hardworking like everybody else. Right. So that's how you get the respect of your team members. There's two ways of looking at it. There's the manager and how are they treating you like they do everybody else, but also in the team dynamic, mm. the team being an equal with somebody else that comes from you, the individual, not necessarily a management driven thing. So it's two ways for that support to happen. 
So uh, thank you for that. So there was uh, one of the uh, episodes that I came up with on my podcast uh, called Managers versus Leaders. So do you think that we should be acting like managers or do we should be acting like leaders or should we be acting like uh, equals uh, to get the respect and get to know each other better, even though that he or she knows that I'm the boss? Does that make sense? It depends who you're talking about. Are you talking about a colleague in the team? Yes. Because if you're a colleague in the team, you're all peers. You yeah. might be up for promotion in a year or two, and it's up to you to go out there and ask for managerial or added responsibilities. But you're not supposed to look like you're managing your colleague. You're a peer. So it really mm-hmm. depends what you mean by that question. Okay. So let's say if I'm running a 12-member uh, uh, team here, and those 12 people report to me. Yeah. So do I act like a manager and a boss, or do I act like a peer and they don't even realize that I'm a boss. Does that make well, sense? Well, so you're the manager of that 12 people. The 12 people team members are colleagues of each other. Yeah. And they report up to you. So you are their boss. How you become their boss, what your style is, your leadership style is up to you. You, Everybody is a leader in their own way. They all have a certain amount of um, ambition. They all have a certain amount of you know goals, aspirations that they're leading. And it depends on what level they are. As a manager, you are the boss. It's up to you how you do that. Your style, you know, you might want to get there in the trenches with everybody. That's actually a really good way of getting trust as well to show that you understand what they're talking about. Yeah. But from your perspective, you want to make sure that you understand what everyone's doing and that everybody's voice is heard. Yeah. Heard, it doesn't mean like they just come and talk to you and that's it. Sure. What are they saying? Do you actually understand? Are you listening to them? Because that comes the empathy part. And that's how you become a decent leader and a decent manager. Mm. So is that considered as a diversity uh, uh, course that we should be coming up with? To I mean, it's something we've been teaching for years. Um, it does come under the diversity umbrella because it's something we stick on the curriculum. But it's yeah. common sense. It's leadership. Yeah, but you can't not be a leader unless you're empathetic. Yeah, but so. not a lot of people use that as common sense. That's why I'm saying that I think it needs to be taught because it seems like not a lot of people, they follow that, that uh, as you call it, common sense. So that's why I asked that question, because a lot of people are still doing what they used to do back in the old days and, and, and the new thought process, that's what we call it. Right. So Rita, thank you so much. So now one last question, if you don't mind, is what is diversity for the next five years? Because we have seen so much already in the, in the span of what, five, six to maybe 10 years. What do you see for the next five years, six years? Um, I'm not liking what I see, to be honest, because it's actually quite divisive what's going and diversity shouldn't be dividing the yeah. div should actually be working to get people together it's about differences acknowledging differences so what i hope to see is that actually people come together and companies are actually fairer and being fair and listening to me to all voices no matter what their background is that is what i hope to see in the next five years and i hope there's going to be more people coming together from different countries and cultures as well so that's why I asked that question. Are we making this word, uh, you know, diversity? Are we making this as a one big family or are we dividing with different, different thought processes? Well, that's what I'm saying. In the next five years, I hope it's one big family, but it's not going that direction currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rita, any last words or anything like that for Back to Basics for you before you leave today? And, and all the knowledge that you've given us so far for this diversity, it seems like people are aware, but then people are just not aware also sometimes as what you call common sense. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I I call it common sense, but it's basically, if everyone takes a step back to think, how would they want to be treated? 
That's right. How do you feel comfortable in a situation? Everybody that's usually at a managerial level has come through the ranks in some way, and sometimes they just want to reenact what they went through. And that's how they end up being the type of leader they are. But rather than that, think about what is best for your team members. When, how do your team members produce better? Is it when they um, work under fear? Because if you're always like shouting and berating them all the time, or is it if you let, give them the space because they're all educated, talented individuals that you know because they got there for a reason and let them have a bit of space, creativity, and then you check in on them and you give them that respect so they understand you respect them. But I think, think about things like that that is the diverse way of thinking that should be the number one thought process. And that's why I call it common sense. But it's things like you already have those skills already inside of you. Yes, we can teach those courses and whatnot. And, you know, myself, my company, Uma, are there to help you. But a lot of it is just about thinking about what is it you want and why as your first steps. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Rita, for coming on here and giving some insight about your company and insight about the diversity and not the divide word, but the family word. I think we should change the word from diversity to something else. And, and then, yeah, I guess you can figure out what type of word you want to use and let me know in, on the side of what the word you want to use uh, later in the next five, six years on that. But thank you so much, Rita, for coming on my show. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Gersh. Thank you so much, Rita. So guys, we spoke with Rita today. We talked about diversity and we talked about the equality. We talked about, are we dividing by saying the word uh, diversity or are we making this as a one big family? Uh, now, here is a quote of the day as usual, as always on Back to Basics. And the quote of the day is diversity is about all of us and about us having to figure out how to walk through this wood uh, world together. So I hope we are working and walking together as one big family, as Rita said. So guys, as usual, as always, keep on commenting, good, bad, ugly. Either way, it'll make my show stronger day by day, month by month. And hopefully I'll give you good, great content as usual, as always. And of course, you're going to get a great host. That's what the main thing is, obviously. Right. So guys, take care. God bless. And remember, everything in life goes back to basics. And that's what we did today, guys. Guys, take care. God bless. And I'll see you next week next week's episode on back to basics but but the thing is is going to be bad for for the kids if there's kids involved now some people they say oh i rather wait till the kids are above 18 because then they're on their own and they're adults is that a good uh, analogy for them or do you think that is just waiting too long just to drag themselves I think it's waiting too long. Um, the kids see it, and I think that negatively impacts them as they move forward mm. in their life. So I think sometimes if you can separate on good terms, it's much better for the children. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, the the I think.